All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, it is Thursday, so we are digging deeper into the Psalms, this week looking at Psalms 56 to 58. And our theme this week, which I don't always announce, but it's one that we are very well familiar with. Pull out any bill from your wallet if you're still one of us who does carry cash around. What does it say on there? In God we trust. And that's exactly what we have in Psalms 56 to 58. As we continue to go on through David's Psalms in this second book of the Psalter. Again, giving us times when we know exactly, or at least one of the two possibilities, that it is that David is writing these Psalms. So look first at Psalm 56. To the choir master, according to the dove on far-off terebinth, a mictum of David when the Philistines seized him in Gath. Ooh, now there's another long thing there. And the theme, the tune for the dove on far-off terebinths, yeah, no clue. It's got to just be the name of a tune. But now we have the Philistines seizing David in Gath. What is David doing in Gath? I mean, after all, Gath is the hometown of Goliath. Gath would be one of the last places that David should have been. But it's also one of the last places David hid. Because after we had the times of David's running from Saul, finally he does end up in chapter 27 of 1 Samuel in Gath with the king there living under his protection, but also going out and leading raiding parties against every nation around them except for Israel. This is the point where the Philistines have an issue with David. Because in chapter 29 of 1 Samuel, they are getting ready to go on the offensive with Israel and against Saul. And David wants to take his place along with them. Because he will fight Saul. But the Philistines say no. Because these are his people. In the middle of the battle, he will turn against us. And no, we can't have that. So they seized him. They made sure he stayed in Gath while they went off to fight against Israel. And this is where we have David writing this psalm. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife, they lurk. They watch my steps as I have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape? In wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies I will turn back in the day when I call. This I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, 
that I may walk before the Lord in the light of life. So far, Psalm 56. And again, as we look at it, this is where the stamp on our money comes. In God we trust. Because this is what God, uh, what David is saying with God. is I In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh, what can man do to me? I mean, this is very encouraging words for people because David is feeling attacked on all sides. I mean, he's being attacked by Saul, being persecuted and run around the wilderness for years. And then he gets to people who do take him in, who will not betray him to Saul. And then he outstays their, his welcome. They use him for what he's good for, but then once there becomes an issue, yeah, they let him go. And now he's attacked on every side because he is not one of them. But he's also not one of Saul's men either because Saul has put a price on his head. Saul has sought for his death. And this is that low moment in David's life. There are only a couple other moments that I believe are lower in David's life. The next one being the announcement of Saul's death. Because after all, A, David is a faithful Israelite. Saul was the king of Israel. B, David is a faithful family member, and Saul was his father-in-law. A faithless father-in-law, but a father-in-law nonetheless. And he loved Saul, which is why on the numerous times that he had the opportunity to get rid of Saul, he refused. Instead, taking a spear and a water jug one time, cutting off the corner of his cloak another time. But he would not lay his hand on Saul because he was the Lord's anointed. The Lord was not with him anymore, but he was still holding the office of the Lord's anointed. Verses 12 and 13 of this psalm are very similar to the last portion of Psalm 116 that is used in Divine Service 1 and 2 in the Lutheran Service book. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Now, uh, lyrically, it is different in the service book, but there is the original text right there. The praise that David wants to give to God for delivering him. Because he does trust in God. That even though he is being attacked on all sides, physically or verbally, or just by attitude, he knows that God will deliver him. We saw this last week in the Psalms. Again, we have David's faithfulness running through. All right, we move on to Psalm 57. To the choir master, according to do not destroy, a victim of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. Psalms 57 and 58 and 59 
all have the same do not destroy, which the old versions, the King James, the American Standard, and even the Jewish Publication Society simply transliterate the word from the Hebrew. But the newer versions do have it as do not destroy. They translate it. So here David is in the cave of Adullam. This is the time where David is running through the hills, ducks in a cave. He's hiding in the back of the cave. Saul comes into the cave to relieve himself. And this is where David cuts off the corner of his robe, showing that, yeah, he could have taken him out and he wouldn't even known it because he didn't even notice the knife cutting his cloak. Now, got to be very involved in what you are doing to not notice that. But again, you have other people who are very skilled at doing things that you would think you would be able to feel, and then for some reason, you don't. All right, let's look at the text for Psalm 57. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He will put to shame him who tramples on me. God will send out his steadfast love and his faithfulness. My soul is in the midst of lions. I lie down amidst fiery beasts, the children of man whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. They set a net for my steps. My soul was bowed down. They dug a pit in my way, but they have fallen into it themselves. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my glory. Awake, O harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. I can easily see David saying these words as he is hiding in the back of the cave and knowing that Saul is right there, right within his grasp, but also that he is right there just within Saul's grasp. And God still delivers him. Whereas his soldiers say, this is the opportunity we have been waiting for. David says, no, this is not the way to take the throne. My heart is steadfast, O God. He would say, I have not laid my hand upon your anointed, no matter what he deserves. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. I will even awake the dawn. Now you think about that. How many of us enjoy getting up before the dawn? Much less if we are up before dawn that we are excited to see dawn because that means that part of our day is over already. But David is so excited for the Lord's deliverance that he will sing in the middle of the night. Much like Paul and Silas singing 
and praying in the Philippian jail in Acts 16. At midnight, they're singing hymns. They are praying to God, and the prisoners are listening to them talk about Jesus. Truly, they are trying to wake the dawn because they are so excited for that moment, for the light to come. Because then we see just a glimmer of the glory of God being set up over all the earth. All right, let's move on into Psalm 58. Again, to the choir master, according to Do Not Destroy, a Mictum of David. We talked about Do Not Destroy in the last one. But again, we have this notion of seeking not for his destruction, but maybe also not for the complete destruction of his enemies. Let's look at these verses real quick. Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No, in your hearts you devise wrongs. Your hands deal out violence on earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth, speaking lies. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ears, so that it does not hear the voice of charmers or of the cunning enchanter. O God, break the teeth in their mouth. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be, ma- let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun. Sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns, either green or ablaze, may he sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges the earth. Now, isn't that just one of the sweetest psalms you've ever heard? To the tune of Do Not Destroy. Except for, O God, break the teeth in their mouth. Tear out the fangs of the young lions. When he aims his arrows, let them be blunted. Sooner than your pots can feel the heat of the thorns, may he sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. If that's not crying out for destruction, I don't know what is. But again... The Psalms show that man is allowed, the Christian is allowed the entire range of emotions, not just the praise and glory and honor of God, but also the anger, the righteous hatred of the wicked. Now, can we do that? Can we say that, you know, this is my righteous indignation? I mean, we can say it, but that doesn't necessarily make it true. And we look again at these psalms or these verses. Men do not deal justly with other men. We have the Ten Commandments, seven of them about our neighbor, because we cannot do right by our neighbor. We cannot deal justly with them, just like we can't deal justly with God. But we pray that God deals justly with us not justly according to his righteousness, but justly according to his grace and mercy. 
Because in his righteousness, he should wipe all of us out. All of our teeth should be broken out. Every single bone in our body should be shattered because of the sin that is within us. And God cannot stand in his holiness, in his righteousness, to be around sinners. But that's exactly where he comes to us, in the midst of sinners, in the midst of the lions that surround us. That was the one main thing that irked the Pharisees and the scribes to no end. That Jesus would hang out with tax collectors and prostitutes and sinners. People who did not deserve somebody of his stature, as far as his teaching went, to give them any sort of time a day. He should look down on them. But he's there. Lifting them up, not putting them down. Eventually, everyone will see the righteous bathing their feet in the blood of the wicked as the vengeance is gone. Because truly, we have bathed ourselves, our whole body, in the blood of the wicked. As Jesus Christ true God and true man made himself sin for us. He took on all of our sin. He became that sin and that curse himself so that he could take it away from you. That is the God we trust in. The God who comes to sinners and says, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Take, drink, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for all for the forgiveness of sins. That is the God we trust in. That is the God that David trusted in. That is the God who would not destroy, but would come to save. And that, my friends, is the theology we have to wrestle with. That the holy God became sin for us. That he thought us so important that he came to die for each and every one of us. The world can't understand it. The world never will understand it. But you and I, we take it by faith. And that's why we wrestle with every other theology. Because this theology of Jesus dying for us makes no sense to us. We have to wrestle with it to try to get it, our brains wrapped around it. And Jesus says, trust in me and you will have life. And may we always seek to do that. All right, that's it for this week. This is Pastor Doug Minton thanking you for digging deeper into the Psalms with me. We will see you next week. I encourage you to listen to the Confessional Corner on Mondays as we are going through what it does mean for repentance and confession absolution in Article 12 of the Apology. Come back next week for more digging into the Psalms. Be here in the mornings for the moments of meditation. Quick moments, but they're designed to give you a little boost during the day, just like each of these podcasts, to help you wrestle with theology. Amen.